Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some Minnesota Timberwolves hoops. Uh, obviously, you know, we generally start with our weekly reviews and thoughts and review of the one-in-one record. They fell um, at home. Well, we're going to say at home a lot <laughs> for the next, what, five games. And 17 out of 10, I thought, when we had, yeah, 17 of 10 are going to be at home as far as coming out of the break. So I suppose 15 and 10. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's always good. But they lost to Milwaukee. That third quarter was just, it was, uh, it was, it was downright ugly, right? Um, and then they did bounce back with a grinded out win versus the Nets. Two games against the Nets. Both of them have been just like, Mid to late 90s basketball, it feels like. Uh, but they did get the win. That is, you know, that's that's the important part. Rudy got hurt, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. So, yeah, we'll talk it through, and then we got to look at we got a busy slate here. Spurs, Tuesday. Wednesday, Memphis. Friday, Sacramento. And Sunday, the Clippers. And actually, we play on Monday, too. Now, we're not going to talk about that game because we'll be doing a show that day. But, like... Dang, like, that's a lot of games in a short amount of time. So um, we'll see. Obviously, they're all at home, so that does help with the back-to-back stuff. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk it through. We'll preview and predict that little four-game stretch. And then we always close the show with the Gophers basketball. They were one-and-one one as well. They finally got their butt whooped. It hadn't happened in a while, but it sure did at Nebraska. However, they did pick up a nice win, so we'll talk about a tough big game they got coming up Wednesday and then a very winnable game at home, uh, you know, to close out the week. If this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope dope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find this here. Timberwolves basketball podcast under Ropadope Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. You can download the podcast app. You can also visit two different spaces individually here, Living in Loserville Spricker page. That's the homepage. But if you have Spotify, check out Living in Loserville on Spotify as well. Um, one more thing. Head on up. Well, two more things. Head on over to thegruelingtooth.com. Ouch. Sorry. Um, and Sports News 24, having a little issue there. Um, and then one more thing. This is one more thing. DirecTV. Check out DirecTV Stream. Guess what? Rolling Stone. They named it the best streaming service of 2023. It's official. Rolling Stone named it the best all-around service of the year. You can get the entertainment package. You can get the choice package. You can get the ultimate package. Choose the direct TV streaming package that's right for you. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. Enjoy your live TV and streaming apps all in one place. Head to go to directtv.com. Check it out, direct TV stream. Okay. I think I'm going to be okay from what uh, hurt me a little bit earlier. I got pinched there. That's what that reaction was. It, it kind of threw my game off, but I. I'm okay. I'm back. First and foremost, let's bring in my co-host Aaron and see how he's doing on this freaking Minnesota day 
that at least in the cities hit 62 degrees, man. 62 degrees February, what is it, the 26th, something like that. Yeah, strange winter we've had, nonetheless. I am well, um, you know, one and one from both clubs, Chris, like you said. Uh, yeah. The Milwaukee game, you know, we're going to get into it, but could have been one. It wasn't a total throwaway, and then obviously, you know, Brooklyn kind of took care of business there. And then the Gophers, they did what they did. We'll get to that as well. But, um, yeah, the Milwaukee game, Chris, started off pretty good. Um, I thought that uh, we were playing pretty well up to the in the first half. Um, you know, Ant, Cat, didn't really get it going too much. I uh, thought maybe you'd get more in the second half, but then that third quarter hit. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't uh, something we're used to seeing from this club. Yeah, I mean, right out the gates, it was like seven zip early, but – like you said, they did kind of stay right with him. It was only 31 to 27 at the end of the first. Cat had a good start to the game, but that didn't really last that long. Took Ann a little while to get in the game. But even second quarter, it's 36 to 36, eight minute mark. You're like, all right, dude, you know, we're fine. And they went on a nice little run, stretched to 47 39. It did feel like it could have been a little bit better of a run there they kind of messed up some some offensive possessions but 57 to 51 at half and then that dreadful third quarter man um 36 to 13 in the quarter Lillard was contained in the first half you knew at some point he was going to break out he got hot and they closed on a 23 to 6 run um at one point it was 64 to 64 Ended up 87 to 70 at that end, end of that quarter, man. Missing a bunch of shots, not finishing at the rim, you know, a few just bad turnovers. Um, but, you know, without Cat and Anna on the floor, they made a small run at the beginning of the quarter. Um, then both of them came back in and Ant started heating up. Cat um, hit back to back freeze. It was 98 92. And, uh, you know, I mean, then Edwards really started getting going, and it just, we couldn't close that gap. You know, we got it within three, we got it within five, then they jump it up, then we get it down, and it just was a little too late, uh, you know, to close. You can't do that in the fourth quarter. And if you look at the free throw disparity, and this wasn't like a bunch of bad calls. They just weren't being aggressive. 25 to 13, which uh we were like seventh or eighth in free throw attempts going into this game. So I thought the bench played pretty well besides Nas. Nas had a little issue. Alexander Walker, three for three from three, 13 points. But Cat, you know, when you look at Cat, man, you go 28 points, 22, not bad. But 9 to 22 and 10 to 27, you got to have 22 shots to get to 22 and 27 to 28. That, you know, that's not efficient, as we know. So, you know, I don't know, Aaron. A lot of people were saying, ah, you know, you're coming out of the break, trying to get your legs back and all that. But to be honest, like, so was Milwaukee. You know, I just thought it was a shitty fourth quarter and it, the ball got a little sticky and they're just, they weren't able to finish at the rim, man. It just hit missing wide open shots. It was just, anytime you get beat like that in a quarter, man, I mean, 36 to 13, it's just, I don't know. It just, it was a stinker, especially at home, man. You know what I mean? It seems like, you know, it was a lapse. You know, it, they had a chance, and then, you know, 
when Milwaukee made that run, it just seemed like they just didn't have an answer. It weren't necessarily bad shots. They just shots weren't falling. And, you know, maybe you took a few bad ones, didn't make a few extra passes that you could have made defensively. You tried to hang in there, but, you know, other teams get hot too. Um, and then, like you said, by the time you snapped out of it, you were already behind uh, too much to kind of get back. Now, you know, if Milwaukee would have went on a drought in the fourth. You might have been able to, to get back in there, but they kept answering you. And they kind of got momentum and, and rode it out for the for the victory. But it's one of those games where you go, you know, you know these games are going to happen or these quarters are going to happen or these runs are going to happen um, at times. Um, maybe we forgot about it a little bit because this team's been fairly consistent throughout uh, most of the season. He didn't really have these big gaps, but you know, they, they happen. I don't know if it's necessarily coming out of the break or anything like that. Um, Cause you said, you said it correctly. Milwaukee's doing the same thing. Um, but Lillard, you know, he heated up too, man. And that's a different component than when we saw him last time. Um, he's a tough guard. I don't know if I care for Anthony Edwards. He's still a tough guard. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that, that a heartbreaker to me, but I thought, you know, it's indicative of like, okay, you know, I think uh, Conley said it, you know, they got to keep their nose to the grindstone. You can't have lapses and especially uh, when you're playing good teams, but even now, I mean, every game's counting now, Chris, I mean, the stretch of four, we're going to go on, you know, you can't be dropping these games and, you know, losing to Milwaukee at home is not a terrible thing, but you know, if you could have took back that part of the third and maybe be down by, six or eight instead of exactly whatever you got down by uh changes the whole uh complexion of, of that game and it's a loss but uh it's not the end of the world um would have been a nice win though yeah that's a good way to put it and even when we've talked about yeah if it would have just been like 36 to 22 or something like that or 36 to 26 and be like all right let's play some defense here you know that would be different i'd have a totally different vibe um to it and um and even when we've talked about the last month or so when it, we've been very up and down in the fourth quarters, you know, I don't mind missing good shots. If we just make miss good shots and they make them, I can deal with that, you know. That's fine. I mean, you don't want to keep doing it, but I get it. You're like, hey, we're playing a good team. They just beat us in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't just because us dribbling in the crowds or turning the ball over or just taking – you know, bad shots. I don't mind losing that way. But, yeah, the third quarter, man, that was just rough. But we did bounce back um, versus Brooklyn. Um, no Rudy. little ankle sprain there. does look like he's going to be okay, though. Um, but it, just like the first game, it was a grinded-out game, 45-42 to 42 and a half. Uh, Ant had eight points. Um, Cat had 15. I think he was 6-6. Six, six, but overall, though, from from the uh, free throw line. But overall, Brooklyn was three of nineteen from three, and the Wolves were three of fourteen. Thirty nine percent field goal uh, percentage with eight turnovers. So that was a little rough. And it was weird. He he hadn't got to the free throw line, but he also hadn't taken a three. So it was a little too much uh, mid range. Um, and I'd say in both those games, not just Ant, but both those games, because I mentioned it in the earlier one, finishing at the rim in these two games was not ideal, let's put it that way. Um, uh, but he did get it going. Uh, Ant, you know, kind of finally hit a three in the third, and that really got him going. Cat um, hit back-to-back uh, threes early, and, you know, with eight minutes left in the third, they got a little lead. 
Um, and there were still these moments of like we gave up like in a short amount of st- uh, span, you know, two lobs, easy dunks. I know that Rudy's not there, and I still thought they played pretty good defense, but that was a little bit or dribbling three on one. Um, Ant actually rolled roll his ankle on someone else's foot, um, but he did get fouled on that one, and uh, he got to the free throw line. So him hitting the three or actually taking a three and then getting to the free throw line, that really sparked him. Because up until that point, he's sitting, you know, at 14 points. I think it was 6 of 16, but he got it going, man. He really got it going down the stretch. Um, but, yeah, it, it felt like it was 62 to 59 with the, a little under four minutes left. And it really felt like they could have increased the lead there. And Alexander Walker had a rough game. The bench was really, I thought, was really solid beyond Nas in the first game against Milwaukee. In this one, it was rough. Now, obviously, it got shortened because of no Rudy, but, um, you know, it it was rough, man. Um, You know, Ant got a tech. He's now, he's, he's getting up there as far as missing games off of a tech, so he does have to watch out for that. Um, but he made this really, really nice, um, you know, Euros, like extra Euro step. Like he really stretched this one out. Not that he traveled. He, it just was, it was gorgeous. And it was near the, probably midway through the third or fourth. And uh, that's where we really started to stretch it out. It was like 93 to 81 and hit a turnaround jumper. And like I said, he started heating up and, and then he did this N1 Euro step. He had 21 in the second half. Um, and there was actually, you know, Cat was doing really well at the free throw lines. He saw me free throw line. McDaniels hit a couple threes that busted open that lead. Slow-mo had a really good game, 12 points, nine boards at the time. Um, but there was a little scenario at the end of the game where I don't think that Schrader from Brooklyn knew how much time was on the clock. I think that he thought the Wolves could just run out the clock and then the game would be over. But the shot clock was going to expire. So Conley just put up a shot and, you know, Dennis Schrader didn't didn't, uh, take too kindly to that. It was kind of funny, though, because McDaniels got right in there, go figure. Um, But, yeah, Conley hit a wide-open three. It really wasn't that big of a deal. But – yeah, it took them a little while to get going, especially from three-point land, but they found their rhythm just in time on offense and, and put it away. It was basically through three quarters. It was like slow-mo McDaniels and especially Cat, and then McDaniels and Ant, especially in that like late third in the fourth, really took over the game to uh, make sure they got the job done and didn't lose back-to-back games. Yeah, let's talk about the bench a little bit, Chris, because it's kind of been on my mind. You know, there's this these two game stretch here kind of points it out. Pretty good bench performance against Milwaukee, at least whatever you could hope for. And then the bench gets a little bit weak against uh, Brooklyn. It's like we're looking for some consistency there. You know, Nas a little bit inconsistent, which he hasn't been all year. Alexander Walker's been pretty good in his scoring department defensively, a little bit of spark off the bench, and you know. Uh, slow-mo does what he does. I don't know if we're missing a certain component there uh, or not, 
to get it a little more consistent. Maybe, you know, obviously with Rudy out, it's going to change your bench dynamics a little bit as well. But I'd like to see more consistency in the bench. And if we don't see it, I'm thinking Finch is going to start shortening that bench up quite a bit, especially maybe in a 10 games or so. He'll start to probably get down to, what, seven, eight, maybe nine guys that he's going to use. We could try to figure out what those nine guys are, but it's probably well, it's slow-mo, nine right now. slow-mo Nas, Alexander Walker, uh, and Morris. Morris, probably. And you could probably go one more there, but I don't know who it would be. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I'm not saying the bench is a problem. I'm just saying looking, trying to be a little more consistent. We did with, with Russell, we had a kind of consistent bench, but that's because he was jacking shots a lot. He had Beasley jacking shots. One of those guys is going to hit, but, um, you know, I thought, you know, I don't want to judge too much because yes, we are coming out of the break. Maybe things are a little rusty. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, I don't know if I want the rotation to be more consistent, if I want the play to be more consistent, or maybe both. Um, it just seems like we're losing a little bit uh, when we're when we're all bench. Uh, maybe infuse some more starters in with the bench. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, he has been trying to do that. He, even before the Morris trade, he has been trying to infuse and, and kind of uh, play some starters in with it. Um but it's been a – like, Nas has been really solid all year, and um, slow-mo took a while. But these last few weeks, he's come on. Alexander Walker's been great lately. But, yeah, as a whole, as far as production, it hasn't been as good as it should be. Now, I do think Morris is more of an organizer and a guy that can knock down shots but also gets – like, he doesn't – he's not going to hang out of the ball too long. And – Really, Al, for me, it wasn't D'Lo just jacking shots. It was just he would just organize it. He was able to shoot, score, and pass. So even him him and J-Mac could play together. I, I noticed that Conley and Morris are going to get some time together. And, and Finch actually talked about it today how, you know, sometimes you can just get more minutes in general by kind of what you're saying, mixing and matching the starters with uh the bench and all that. I just think that uh, it's going to come around, but of late, it's been really good. Like before, you know, before the break, but these two games was really good. And then very bad. Maybe if we could just get the consistency line there a little stronger, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a major thing as far as I I highly doubt you'd cut the bench at this point. um, Because I think it, I think it'll flow well once they get, you know, more gelled together. But, yeah, I think you're right about just, you know, and it it can be different matchups too, matters who we're playing, what their bench looks like and starters look like. So they have been kind of blending a little bit of, uh, you know, both, not just a full-on bench or whatever. I suppose if you're only going four deep, you're going to have one starter in there. But, yeah, I think it's just something that was like, man, a really good performance to just crappy. So hopefully they can just – kind of even it out like I said um earlier you'd like to you know I think you'd like to probably lighten the minutes on Rudy and Mike as much as you can uh second half of the season um so you'd like to have a little more consistency with the bench or at least you know Nas getting more minutes um probably uh Morris getting some more minutes just to give Mike a, a bit of a break because um, I, I just hate to see especially Mike in particular you don't want to have him uh, you know, 40, 30 some minutes a game, uh, you know, 72nd game of the season, you, you 
probably going to make a playoff run. You want to keep him fresh. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it, but you probably like to give him a little more rest, which means you're going to want, you know, the bench to be a little more proficient. So you can sit those guys, um, particularly also Rudy. You know, you'd like to have a, a thing there and Cat, get him rest. You don't want to be playing these guys all these minutes. Anthony's really young. He can probably can do that. Um, I just think, you know, Finch is going to have to look at his rotation and how he wants to fit things in. You're right about matchup. Um, you know, that's a huge thing. If you're going to play, you know, Philadelphia, you're going to want bigs in there because Embiid or whatever, but, um, or Sack, you're going to want to give guys a lot of breaks because they're running, uh, the floor so much. But yeah, I just like want to see how that kind of works its way out. And I think we're a few weeks from that of actually getting into like playoff rotations and wrote in, you know, playoff bench guys and how deep we're going to go. But I kind of want to look ahead on it and just see, okay, well, what would I do? You know, what's, what do I think is a smart call there? And, you know, I'd like to see some guys get some breaks, like I mentioned, and, and try to find a, a decent rotation. If you're going to keep, you know, uh, Mike in with some of the bench guys, might want to do that. What are you going to do? Are you going to really take slow-mo and put him in the three spot and keep him there? I think the bouncing around, you mentioned earlier in the season where that was kind of a thing, and now I'm kind of stuck in my head, and I started noticing, yeah, you know, it seems like he's not, he's not a spot where he's consistent in. Uh, three or the four, and he's being used in a lot of different ways, which, you know, maybe that's what he was told going into the season, but I think effectively you're going to want to settle him into a spot here in the next 20 games. So, yeah, the bench for me right now is something to, to think about and talk about and, and, and also to keep an eye on that rotation and, and what Finch is going to do because we're coming to that part of that, you know, we're not quite at the stretch, but we're at the, the stretch before the stretch, and I'd just like to see something round into shape, be a little more consistent and all that. Yeah, I mean, with the top four as close as they are, I'd say we are in the stretch. So you're making a good point. And to your point, um, Conley, as far as shooting percentage, has been a little bit up and down in February. Now he's still shooting 45.5% from the three, and his assist turnovers are there and all that. But the most minutes he played was that Chicago game, but that was an overtime game, so that that plays into it more, but they have been lighting up his load. I mean, last uh, on Saturday he played 30 minutes, 28, 22, 26, 24, 31, 25, and 28. So yeah, that is the exact point of, of making that trade because you're right, you can, Conley especially. Um, you, you gotta have Conley be in that you know 28 to 32 range, and on average, yeah, it's just it was at like 30. 31, and it is coming down now. It's just below – well, it's basically 29 right now. So, to your point, um, yeah. Yeah, that's something that uh, – you know, Morris is fitting in. And and I think I heard this on – I can't remember what podcast, but they also said it on the broadcast. And it's evident, too, that they're not used – they're used to, like, J-Mac and a couple other guys that have been kind of struggling from the outside. So, when Morris is in there – there's times where he's even waved his hand like, hey, dude, I'm open. You know, I'm wide open here. And it's like they're so used to not having someone that could shoot out there that they're like, well, that's not an option. We've already done that. So I think it is getting used to letting him shoot a little bit um, and just, you know, making making everything, you know, keep the defense off and, you know, like honest. But I think uh, – I think they're going to get it together. It's just really that, just blending that unit. But, yeah, you're right, Conley for sure. Um, that'd be nice to keep his uh, minutes way, way down. And, and like I said, slow-mo, man, he's, he's really coming on. It's nice to see. Um, 
but yeah, it's just that blending where they can either keep the lead or gain the lead. Just not in the first three to four minutes, just give up a 14 to four run or something like that. Uh, that's really what we, what the important part is. Any other items from the week before we start to get into this kind of interesting uh, week? You know, I mean, from Tuesday to Monday, we're not going to talk about Monday's game, but yeah, five games in that stretch, dude. Yeah, five games, uh, and they're not. None of them are really weak games. You got maybe one that you think is for sure win, but with Rudy out, Chris, uh, that Spurs game's a different animal with uh, Wemby and uh, that little matchup there. Um, now you mentioned that Rudy's got a little ankle tweak. It's not like a high ankle sprain or anything like that, so he should be back uh, reasonably soon. But that Spurs game, you know, like kind of got us in the fourth last time we played him. Um, I'm a little bit worried about it just because you don't have Rudy. I think Nas is there. You can play Luca if you want, if you need some fouls. Um, but, you know, that's a little bit – but I think it's a home game. I think we'll win that one. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough little stretch here. Uh, four games. Um, like you said, before the Monday game, we're not going to count that because we'll be going on Monday against the Blazers. But Spurs, Grizzlies, Kings, Clippers again, and then Clippers again in a couple weeks. Um Spurs, like I said, I think we'll win it. Grizzlies, eh, definitely win. It's different without Ja. Uh, they had him for a little bit. They look pretty good, and then they lost him, and now they're kind of struggling a bit. And the Kings is a matchup that just kind of gets me, especially if you're on tired legs and, and Mike and all that stuff. You got three games, be, three days between the Grizzlies and the Kings, so they're going to run you. But then you got a couple days before you play the Clippers, which is a tough matchup home or away. Um, Kings, you know – Lace them up. Let's go. Uh, I like us in transition. I like the way we get up and down the floor. But I think with if Rudy's back, we're going to want to make it a more of a half-court game. And it's tough to contain them. Uh, you're going to have to just be really limit turnovers um, and start to, you know, you got to make shots and you got to rebound in those situations. And then, you know, the big game at the end there, again, is those Clippers, um, the old vets, the team of old vets there coming together, um, you know, two and zero against them now. Uh, I think you mentioned out the year going three and is a lot to ask, um, but it's at home, um, and maybe you just have what it takes to beat these guys. Um, so I mean, I think you got a pretty good chance of going two and two in the next four. Chance at three and one. Um, uh, I'm going to settle in probably on. Th- Three and one, just because I'm going to be optimistic about it. But that Spurs game, the ones that scare me the most are the Spurs. There's three that I don't really like: Spurs, Kings, Clippers, Grizzlies. I think you'll win. Um, but you know which one of these? It's tough, man. I, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go three and one. I think we'll beat the Spurs. I think we'll beat the Grizzlies, and I think we'll beat the Kings. And I'll say we're not going to beat the Clippers, but any combination of that probably makes a little bit of sense, other than losing to the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be three and one. Um, I think at minimum it has to be two and two. We, we can't be going no one and three knock on wood. Um, and like we talked about before we hit record, just off, you know, what are the odds we're going to go three and oh against the Clippers? That, that, that kind of lines up. If we do, then you might as well mark a loss at Clippers. Then you know what I mean. But yeah, just 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 for that, I do. I think Sacramento 
kind of interesting, man, you know, because they've – in February they look pretty good. Um, now they do have a, a like a, a home loss by like 13 to Detroit. Um, and, and they lost to Cleveland on the road, no big deal. But they do have a win over Denver. I think one of them – two wins over Denver. I think one without Jokic. But um, they just beat the Clippers. They actually will have uh, another at Denver game. The, yeah, the game before. Actually, the night before. Now that I'm looking at it, so that might be a little rough. We are one and one with them. So a lot of times when you know you get a you know the, the coach says, "Hey, man, we're one and one. This is key. It's, they're in the playoffs." Yada yada yada. A lot of times you can just do that little focus. Where you're like, all right, let's let's increase this to two to one. Whereas I can see the Clippers, you know, kind of slacking there a little bit. And, and they're due. They're due to beat us. So it's, it wouldn't even be necessary slacking. Now we got beat by 28 or something. <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. But same thing with the Spurs. That last game, I think that, I feel like this is the last one because I think we beat them twice and then they beat us the last time. So I'm with you. I'm exactly with you. I think the sack town. I think we'll find a way to get it done, but. You know, well, here's that variable, Chris. Sorry to interrupt, but do you hold Rudy out until the Clipper game? You know, where, when is he going to come back, and do you want to bring him back? Uh, depending on, you know, I don't know the degree of his ankle injury, but you know, if you don't have him for the Spurs, Memphis, and Sack, that kind of changes the prediction a little bit. And then obviously, you want him back for the Clipper game. It's interesting to think about. I just had that thought while you're talking about. Like, when do you bring Rudy back? What if he doesn't come back for all four? And then, well, what if he, you can just get him back before uh, you play the Clippers? Yeah, I don't know. I know that he's listed as questionable, so he's not doubtful. Um, and if it was, quote, unquote, the playoffs, he would have played. Um, but, yeah, that is tough to say. I mean, maybe he wakes up tomorrow morning, and being that he's the Jolly Green Giant, he wakes up a little stiff. You never know. It's true. Or you get on the court, and you're like, ah, let's let's wait a little bit, you know. Um but, you know, with the Spurs, they're not, beyond Wemby, they're not the biggest team. Um, so that really doesn't uh, affect it. I was actually going to say um, that Sabonis actually has these, like, crafty old-school post moves that he can actually do okay against Rudy. Like, don't get me wrong, Rudy will, like, make him do, like, a couple different counters just to get a layup. Um, and it'd be like, all right, try that a bunch of times. I doubt you you can, but Sabonis usually gets up for us. And, and then, you know, they, they've kind of played down minorly, but he hasn't. I would say Fox has played down this year a little bit. I know he was banged up earlier this year. Um, and when I say down, I mean, he's averaging 27 points. So I'm not trying to <laughs> say the guy's like struggling or nothing like that. Cause he's definitely not, um, and I just think Sabonis is just – it seems like we have, you know, issues with that team, and they got shooters. I mean, if you look at their three-point – so Fox, 37%. Sabonis is almost 42. Monk, 37. Barnes can hit 40%. Uh, Herter can hit 30, almost 38. Lyles can hit 39. They, they can shoot, so – I think it will be more of an up and down in the 120s type thing. Uh, but you're right. It's it's really tough to say. I mean, he heard it during a game and, and, and did remain in the game. So that usually is a sign of, okay, it wasn't that bad. 
um, and, or a high ankle or nothing like that. And I think they'd be very careful with a high ankle at this point. So I do anticipate him being back, but maybe not tomorrow. And it is a, and that's the thing. If you just to kind of go down this path, you are playing a back to back. So do you want a raw ankle on a back to back right away? Or, or maybe he misses Spurs, give him an extra day and then plays Memphis, gets a day off, plays Friday, gets a day off Sunday, Monday, and really, you know, so yeah, I wouldn't doubt if he misses the Spurs game. I'd be surprised if he wasn't back by Sacramento, but uh, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. It's, it's kind of a unknown. Like I said earlier, Finch said he was moving around okay, and it looks like he's going to be fine. I'm glad it's just not uh, long-term. But I'm with you as far as 3-1, and one. and at the bare minimum, you, you, minimum, you got to be 2-2. Two and two. There's no, no way around it. You have to make sure that you don't go slipping up. Any other uh, T-Wolves items before we get to uh, the Golden Gophers? I'm with you on the 2-2 two and two as a bare minimum. I think anything less than that, we're going to have some some more questions for next week. Um, you know, uh, Gophers, basketball, Chris, uh, they had a, a win and a loss. Um, I know that's a news slash, but uh, the Nebraska game. <laughs> All right, let's, let's wrap it up. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Uh, Nebraska game, Chris, is a, that's an 18-point loss, something like that, 18 points. Um, just didn't play well at all, I thought. Um, it, a decent win, I thought they had, but it, you know, followed up by that. It's kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth when you lose by 18 to Nebraska. Yeah, it did. I mean, I really liked what I saw. I mean, Hawkins went for a career high against Ohio State. I think it was like 24. Garcia got it going. Um, Payne was putting in work, uh, you know, obviously him being a sophomore and a true sophomore at that, he does, um, you know, the foul problems, he's got a little issues with that. Um, but yeah, Hawkins played out of his mind. Garcia was solid pain. I mean, down the stretch of that game was, was just getting it in between him, them two Hawkins. Uh, I think Hawkins had 17. Um, in that second half, Garcia ended up with 22-9 and nine in pain, you know, 5-7 from the field, and also 5-7 from free throw. Usually bigs are kind of shaky when it comes to that, and he sure has been. But of late, i got to give him a little credit. He's gotten a little bit better at that. But, yeah, man, I mean, the Nebraska, so that's a good win. And, actually, they just got a win at freaking Michigan State. So they're like 3-4. and four ever since they fired the, their coach. So, um, and that was a buzzer beater. Um, but Nebraska, 8-0 run to start, then like a 14-2 run. And it just, we started out like one of eight from the field. Mitchell, who's been hitting threes, Christy as well, 0-7 from three. Too much standing around, not enough driving, not enough, you know, cuts. Just overall aggression. Didn't feel like it was there. A little bit too soft. Um now, later in the game, I think they cut it to, like, 59-44. Uh, Christie did kind of find his groove, I guess, uh, but still, it was it was ugly. In the first, like, over 10 points, I think we've lost by 10 and 9 a, a handful of times, but it's the first time we've lost in a while uh, that bad. So, kind of a, you know, 28-20, to 20, so we, we cut the lead 
because I think it was like 26 to 14, and then we cut it to 28 20 and a half. You're like, okay, we could get it going, but we just couldn't stop them. 45 points in the second half. And yeah, they're tough to play um, there for whatever reason, like really tough, but um, it just did. Payne had like a no show game, three points, one of six, didn't even get to the free throw line. Hawkins, you know, he didn't really have a good assist game, had two assists to three turnovers, was 0-4 from three. Um, just just didn't have it together in general. Um, and I don't know. It was just one of those games where it's it's – the thing is, what was crazy is they weren't shooting the lights out either. Like, if you look at it, like, four, like under 40% from the field, you know. So it wasn't like they were just – you can't stop them. They, they, you know, I don't know. They only hit nine threes compared to us, six. Uh, we both, I mean, they met, they had 28 attempts. We had 23. So, I don't know, man. It was just, just wasn't going to happen for us that day. And uh, I guess we haven't had one of those in a while. But, um, you know, it's it's all part of the growth of the team or whatever. And, you know, when you look at it, you know, I, I, I'm still really happy with this team. Um there is this automatic bid that you get where it guarantees you uh, that you can um, host a road game in the, uh, you know, in the NIT. And that gets harder to, to, you know, to get that where you actually get a home game and all that now off of that. But um, they, there still is some time to make some room there. Doesn't mean we, you know, it's just an automatic bid, right? It doesn't 100% mean we wouldn't make it, uh, the NIT. But, um, yeah, sitting at 8-8, eight and eight, I, like I said, still pretty damn happy. Um, but, man, 17-1 and one, Nebraska at home. That's pretty impressive. But when you look at that Wisconsin game and that Iowa game, man, we could be sitting at 10-6. and six. You look at where it puts us in 10-6. and six. I mean, we're tied with Wisconsin. Well, we'd be above Wisconsin, actually, technically, uh, because we would have beaten. And then, uh, you know, even with the loss to Nebraska, we'd be uh, in front of them and be right there with Northwestern, who we have a game coming up on the road. Not this week, but there's only four games. That's another thing. There's only four games left. It's amazing that when you only got about eight to ten cold days, like a stretch, like a week-plus stretch of cold weather this winter, how time just flies in the winter, man. I can't believe it's almost March. Yeah, it's almost March, and you're right about the time flying by. But, you know, they played well against Ohio State, which kind of let you think they'd have a chance going down in Nebraska. And like you said, it just seemed like a lapse, like flat, and just didn't want to shoot. And, you know, defensively, they didn't, you know, like you said, Nebraska didn't really shoot the lights out either. It was just kind of a game where you just couldn't really get anything going. Um, And like you said, Payne was a disappointment in that one just because he – didn't seem to show up at all and you know, I don't want to sit and harp on him like I said you're going to have games like that in the Big Ten especially tough places to play going to Michigan State with a good team it's going to be really hard to beat them um, so you know I guess if they were their Nebraska's road or home record I didn't know that but Jesus I mean that's pretty impressive it's going to be tough to beat them and you know next week Chris talking about tough to beat Illinois ranked 13th um you know, I don't think we're going to win that one. It'd be nice. You know, the way things are going, maybe you steal one. I doubt it, but um, you got a chance. And then you follow that with Penn State, which you should win. You beat them before. Um, and, and I think, you know, if this team wants to 
they had a chance at tournament. I think that's gone now. Um, NIT is still a possibility, like you said. I don't know about a, a bid where they can can get in on host, but I do know that uh, eight and eight is not terrible in the Big Ten, especially coming off the season you had last year. Um, it's a it's an improvement, and like I said, if you get in the NIT this year and you don't have to really make noise, it'd be cool if you did. But you know, or win it like Patino did. You know, it's like okay, man, we get it. You won the NIT, fantastic. But uh, you know, that would be a good sign uh, for the future. I think there's talent. I think that talent's going to stay from what you've told me in the last few shows that everybody's least has eligibility to stay in return. You know, Hawkins, um, Payne, uh, Fox, I think Fox will be back. So uh, there's a few dudes and I think there's there, but like you said, dropping the Iowa game when you had a good lead, same with Wisconsin, it's the giving up leads kind of like last year's or the year before it's Timberwolves teams where it's like, man, you know, if you can just hang on to some of these leads, your record would be a lot different. Uh, the whole outlook of the program would be a lot different. And I think that's a growing pain, hopefully program-wise, and it's something Ben can get taken care of uh, just with a little age and experience of how, you know, how to hold on to these games at the end. And you'd have a, a couple, three more wins that puts you in a whole different spot and in a whole different tournament. Well, and usually 8-8 eight eight or even 500 gets you into that big tournament actually, but our non-conference was not only pretty light, but we didn't beat Missouri or San Francisco in that Missouri game. was just like the Iowa game where we had a big-ass lead. So that's, you know, going into it, the net rating was not going to be good, you know, and then the Big Ten it is a little down this year compared to where it's been. So that combination, you know, if we were to finish 500 in most years, you're like a bubble team you know, almost for sure, if not in. So, um, you know, every year's a little different. Now, I didn't say all talent would come back. But, yeah, there's a fair amount of talent that has eligibility, and I think a fair amount of it will come back. I have mentioned Ola Joseph, that I don't think he's coming back in my mind because uh, the only way I think he'd come back is if Garcia decided to go pro because then he can play that position. But, the biggest thing about him in early in the year, he just wasn't big enough to be the center. And so it just wasn't working with him in the lineup. And so as soon as we did put, you know, Payne in there, you know, our fortunes turned around. So, but he's a quality player. If you look at his numbers, you know, they're pretty good, man. And, and when he started, he's been pretty good. And last year out of all the freshmen, he looked the best, you know, but it was a lineup thing, and, you know, so like I said, if Dawson goes pro, maybe he closes this year crazy, and, um, and maybe he does. It's not the deepest draft. Well, then I guess he would stay, but a lot of the talent. Nowadays, if you can bring back most of your roster, it's a win, right? Um, at Illinois, I'm with you. I don't think they'll win that game. They should beat Penn State. Illinois could be the – that's another thing. We don't have a ranked win this year. And so that might be our last chance at that. Um, now, there is a potential that at Northwestern, by the time we get there, could be a ranked team um, because they're, they're getting close to it. Northwestern's never made a tournament. And I think that this is going to be the year that they're going to make it. Um, but, yeah, that might be another rank. Now, the whole thing is the Big Ten tournament, is in Minneapolis. So 
maybe they get that extra crowd, that local crowd that goes crazy and they make it run. There's really no reason for them not to be able to get um, somewhat deep. I'm not saying they got to make the finals or whatever. Obviously, the only way to make the big tournament would be to win the Big Ten tournament. And if there's ever a year that they're going to win the Big Ten tournament, I guess you could say, even though we don't have the team to do it on paper, I'm talking about who you're going against. I guess this would be the, the you know, if we did, let's say, get far and then it's Purdue. Well, how much would Purdue need that game compared to us at home? You know what I mean? So I, I, I think there's a chance that we could at least get to the quarters. Um if they made it to the semifinals or something like that, I think that stuff does the combination of that, at least winning one game in the big 10 tournament is a must. And and then to be able to get in that NIT and, and get more practice, more games and all that, that actually does line up. And, you know, like we could say whatever we want about Patino, right. But man, like he did get us to the second round one year and, you know, him and Tubby are the only one, legally since the uh, late 80s that we've gotten to the second round legally. So, um, you know, I really like this year. I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, we won two Big Ten games all last year. So, to me, we are on the uptick. And, uh, yeah, if they can bring back most of the roster, they should be in good shape. And, and then the goal would be the big tournament, whether it's a bubble team or a 7-seed or 10-seed or whatever the hell. Just get in – Get in the dance and get that vibe going because otherwise, considering what we've not done these last two years as far as record-wise, we've been able to recruit still. So it tells you, you know, something about Ben Johnson and his staff. And if you only have to fill a spot or two and they may be reserves, well, maybe we could get a better fit off the bench, you know, like Fox – you know, he's a guy that had those back-to-back horrible, you know, knee injuries. Dude still has like a 44-inch vert. But he's just a junkyard dog, and he's a perfect role player. And he's a guy that thrives in that, whereas Ola Joseph probably thinks, man, you know, I know I started a lot of games as a freshman and as a sophomore. You know, I don't know. He just It just doesn't click off the bench for him. So that's why I know he's from here. So maybe that would influence him, but I don't know. My guess is he would be gone. But overall, man, I really can't complain. I like where I think Johnson now has held on to his job here. Um, unless, you know, some kind of crazy job opening came and some guy that was interested in here that has a lot more experience or something like that. Otherwise, I uh, presume that we'll be able to return, you know, a fair amount of the roster and Johnson uh, – has held his job, and then next year it will be, hey, time to get to the tourney, buddy. Hey, well, if you can close these games, Chris, I agree with you in the Big Ten tournament. If you can close against Iowa, if you can close against Wisconsin, um, you see them in the tournament, and you can close those games, you could win one or two games in that tournament. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to win it, but there, you know, if you win it, there's a road to the to the tourney right there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think closing the games is a thing, and I think that's a maturity thing, and. You know, if you get into the tournament and you see Iowa and you could, you know, stick with them and, and get a lead and close, uh, you know, you win that one. Maybe you win against Wisconsin or maybe, you know, depending on who you draw in the second round, you could get another win there. So I don't think it's all lost on the season, but it's like, you know, you want to be able to, 
to make that step. And maybe that's a, a maturation thing, like I mentioned earlier, and you're going to get that next year possibly. And, and, and then it's a you know incremental step type of thing, and you just got to be patient on it. But you got to have the NIT. I think you're right about Ben's job. I think he did a pretty good job this season, you know, eight and eight. Like you said, most years uh, in a good Big Ten, that's going to, it's going to mean a lot more than it does this year. And like you said, we had a couple uh, non-conference losses that didn't really help us out and, and no ranked wins. So, um, you know, the resume is not great this year, uh, but they had a chance uh, of a couple weeks ago, or maybe was it beginning of this two game stretch. If they, if they won out or it was something like that, I don't know if it was winning out, but you had to win a few games, but yeah, uh, if they beat Purdue. That'd have been pretty big or, you know, you know, um, but yeah, NIT, Hey, if you get in it, you know, show up, play well, uh, give us some hope for the next season. And then, like you said, the turnover is tough because you don't know who's really going to stay and who's not. Um, you know, people have eligibility, um, but you don't know, you know, money that's flying around now and offers. And if you can see like a guy like Payne and plays pretty well in the Big Ten and another school season, you know, we're not going to go down that road too far, but you know, things happen. So hopefully you can suit up the same guys nonetheless. Um, Get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast spot at Spotify, Apple, all the places, uh, home bases, rope, a dope radio, a lot of good shows on there. Check out the college ball show. Speaking of other shows, the purple people leaders podcast will have a free agency preview show next week. So check that out. There's a lot of stuff flying around. So you maybe get off the internet. And once we figure out uh, what happens next week, we can kind of, you know, see what pieces fall into what places I know, you know, there's cousins and Hunter and, a bunch of other stuff going on. So that'll be fun. We'll give you a, a living and loser. Did you hear there's show. another update on yeah. Kirk Cousins? Kirk another Cousins. one. And another one. Yeah. He had pancakes this let? morning, and it felt like he didn't use enough syrup. So we're excited to just kind of get things cleared up in the next week. Combine's going on right now, so we might dabble a little bit into that. But we don't usually go too heavy into draft until we do a draft show in April. Um, but – yeah, we'll do a Living in Loserville podcast as well next week, so check that out. Four games to uh, review. This one is a little short. We had two games this week. Uh, it'll kick back in uh, full gear next week. Until then, peace.